You're listening to a 1FM podcast. And it's that time of the week again. I've got Steve on the line. How's it going, Steve? Yeah, good, mate. Yes, okay. Here I am in wet, cold, miserable Northcote. The very wet, rather coolish. But anyway, we'll be right. We'll move on. It's still winter and we'll roll on to the springs in the not-too-distant future, I hope. Yeah, well, I think it's the last little bit of winter we seem to be having. But it is, it's cold and miserable here, but it's not that wet. So I can say that much. Nah. How are you going anyway, health-wise? Your eyes going okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. we're going all right. Eyes still functioning very well, as it should. I've got a week and a bit to go till the other one gets done, so that I'll be able to see that far in the distance. I'll probably be able to catch up with you, mate. Oh, that's good. good. That's good. And, and uh, I heard from Merv Benton as well. Uh, so you finally got something from the. That's good. So he got the he got the copy of the the podcast again, Josh, and uh, he's, he's listened to it. I hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, he says he has. So I hope he enjoyed it. I presume he didn't say anything whether it was good or bad, did he? Oh, he just sort of wished us well. So that was. <laughs> he said thank <laughs> you. So yeah, but it's no, amazing that he heard it at least. No, well, that's good. Well, I'm glad he uh, he didn't have any more uh, any more electrical storms to uh, stop him hearing it. He obviously must have thought it was okay because he didn't say anything derogatory about it. No, no, no. But I should point out that, uh, I'm not sure if the listeners know, but the reason he didn't reply straight away is he said he had the storm there, was it, and knocked his power out or something. Yeah, the electrical grid went down and he was listening to the podcast and about halfway through when the storm hit and when he went back to it after the storm had passed, the pod <laughs> had expired, so he didn't get to hear it. I'm not sure that's a good sign of a storm coming in the middle of it. I don't know what that means, but there you go. Maybe there, maybe there's a sign of some sort there. That yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know. <laughs> we might be missing something here, Josh. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But anyway, let's go on to this week. Who we got this week to talk about? Well, this is number 59 of our Whatever Happened To series, and I thought I'd put, bring in someone who our listeners may or may not know. It's hard to say. If they have, they've probably forgotten forgotten him. Gene McDaniel. Okay, I've heard the name, but not much else. All right, okay. Well, I'll give, I'll give you some you and the listeners a bit more info about our friend Gene McDaniel. He was born Eugene Booker uh, McDaniels in Kansas City, actual son of a minister, on February the 12th, 1935. Now, he grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, where as well as singing gospel music and developing a love of jazz, he actually learned to play the saxophone and trumpet, so he got off to a pretty good musical start there. He formed a singing group called the Echoes of Joy, and they later called that group the Sultans, which is an interesting change of name, and he sang with this group in his early teens. Now, he studied at the University of Omaha Conservatory of Music, and then joined a Mississippi singing group and toured California with them. He began to sing in jazz clubs there with a group called the Les McCann Trio, and that attracted the attention of a fellow whose name was... You like this, the name of this particular fellow, Josh? Sy, as in S-Y, Waronka, W-A-R-O-N-K-E-R. Okay. Now, this, uh, <laughs> I thought that, that would be something for you to perhaps look up later on. Now, this fellow was at Liberty Records and, they, and, and signed Gene McDaniels to a contract. Now, he had two unsuccessful singles to start off with and also an album. And he teamed with a producer who we've heard of before, Snuff Garrett, uh, who was the producer for Bobby V, amongst others. Now, he hit pay dirt with 100 pounds of play, which reached number three on Billboard in the early 1960s. And that sold over a million copies, uh, earning, which was a gold disc. 
Now, he didn't actually like this particular song because he thought it was too simplistic, but it turned out to be a very big success for him. Now, the co-writer of this song, his name was Luther Dixon. He also wrote Just Born to Be Your Baby for Perry Como. Our older listeners might relate to that. And Soldier Boy for the Shirelles. Two completely different types of songs. Now, his next song was called A Tear, T-E-A-R, and that was unsuccessful. But the next song, which happens to be my probably my favourite tune, McDaniel's song, Tower of Strength, and this was co-written, actually, by Bert Bacharach. Now, this reached number five on, the, on Billboard, and it also earned gold disc status, and it reached number 49 in the UK, although a fellow by the name of Frankie Vaughan's cover of this song was much more successful over there. In 1962, uh, as is the case with a lot of these particular people, he appeared in a teen flick movie. It was called It's Trad Dad. Now, I doubt if you'd be familiar with this, Josh. No uh, idea. It's a start-up by a fellow by the name of Craig Douglas, who had a big hit with Time, and Helen Shapiro, who, of course, we've already covered in Whatever Happened To. And he sang a song called Another Tear Falls. This was a non-charting record. It was actually later recorded by the Walker Brothers, and I'm not sure actually where it ranked. It's not a song I'm familiar with them singing. Anyway, uh, we go on with the discography here. I'll just give you the three of his main songs which followed. It was Chip Chip. That was number uh, finished number 10 in the U.S. Point of No Return, which was 21 in the U.S., and 23 in the UK, and this was a, a Jerry Goffin, Carol King song, and Spanish Lace, which was 31 in the US, and that was actually his last charting song. His music, his music didn't actually finish there, it was but only from a singles charting point of view. Now, Point of No Return was actually covered by Georgie Fame, uh, Bella the Bonnie and Clyde Fame, and the Blue Flames on it. This was covered by them on an album. Now, in 1965, he actually moved to Columbia Records with little success, and in 1968, he left the U.S. to live in Denmark and Sweden, concentrating on his songwriting. Now, he actually wrote a song here which was called Compared to What? And this was classified as a jazz soul protest song. And it was made famous by this fellow I mentioned earlier, this Les McCann and Eddie Harrison. It's on an album, and the song actually goes for nine minutes. I know that song. Covered. It's a good song. Are you aware of the song, Amy Yes, Josh? yeah. Right. It was actually covered unsuccessfully by Roberta Flack, which was her first song in 1969, and also Ray Charles, amongst others. In fact, actually, as I noted earlier that today, this, this song has had more than 250 versions of it, more than 270 covers made. So it's a very popular song. Now, due to the success of this particular song, Gene McDaniels was actually been working in nightclubs, which he actually detested. And But the song being so successful on the royalties he gained from it, he was able to give that up. He didn't like nightclubs because he felt that the audience were far too disrespectful and rude. Now, this song, Josh, you may have heard this song in about eight movies, actually. A couple of those movies were Ice Storm. And Casino. Uh, Casino, yeah. The 1995 movie. Okay, I haven't got the, what <laughs> the version was, but that song was actually featured in that movie, as well as about five, five or six others. Which one? Compared to what? Yeah, compared to what? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. that's where I think I know it from. Yeah, I, th I thought that that's where you would have heard it from. It's actually, there's a version of it on YouTube, which is quite an interesting song, I must say. Now, his biggest success as a songwriter, however, came after he returned to the U.S. in 1971, and he changed his name back to Eugene and wrote a song called Feel Like Making Love. 
and which became a number one hit for Roberta Flack in 1974 and received a Grammy Award nomination. Oh, I might add here, this song's not to be confused with the Bad Company song of the same name. Are you familiar with that, Josh? Uh, no. No, OK. I don't know a Bad Company, but... Oh, oh I don't bad, know bad, bad Company, company. I know. I don't know any Bad Company. Yeah, I, I know I know Bad Company. What was the song? Well, apparently they had a version of this song, but I don't know it. OK. Anyway, he received an award for this particular song because it had over 5 million airplays on the radio. That's quite interesting. Now, he recorded two albums for the Atlantic label in the 70s, one of which was called Outlaw, and the other one was called The Headless Heroes of the Apocalypse. So, as it says, it quotes here, delivered bitter social and political messages and somehow became popular with some hip-hop followers. I might mention here that a copy of this Headless Heroes of the Apocalypse was sent to Richard Nixon, (laughs) who was outraged by the radical politics of the lyrics and actually got his vice president, Spiro Agnew, to try and suppress the album. But I don't think he was successful. (laughs) It's most most interesting that the the political people of the day tried to get involved in all those sorts of things just because they didn't agree with it. Now, in 2005, he released another album called Screams and Whispers on his own label. And in 2009, he released another album called Evolution's Child. Now, this featured his own compositions. In 2010, he launched a series of YouTube videos which featured his own music. Now, Josh, I didn't know whether you knew this particular item of interest. He was the voice of Nasus in the League of Legends video game. Um, no, no, I don't. Not familiar <laughs> with that? I've heard of it. I just can't do anything else. But no, not yeah. really a gamer. I thought you might have been familiar with it. But anyway, I'll just say who Nasus was, uh, and I quote, He was an imposing, jackal-headed, ascended being from ancient Shurima. (laughs) And he was a guardian of knowledge. Okay. People who are familiar with that will know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, Uh, you've lost me. (laughs) I've lost you. (laughs) I thought you might have been familiar with that one, Josh. But anyway, that's good. That's something else we've all learnt today. Anyway, that's fine. Now, he went into virtual hibernation and actually described himself as a hermit. And unfortunately, he passed, well, probably fortunate in many respects, he passed away in his sleep, which is probably the best way to go, on July the 29th, 2011, at a place called Kittery Point in the state of Maine in the US. I'll put it he was no superstar, but the hits remain in the memory. Yeah, very good. Now, Josh, I'd like, as my first choice, Tower of Strength, please. Yeah, we'll play it right now. It's a good song. This is uh, Gene McDaniel with Tower of Strength. Tower of Strength, a great song by Gene McDaniel, and yeah, very nice. That was your favourite. Yeah, that's one of my favourites. The other four songs that I did mention during the during the little spiel there, I'll have two, Josh. You want to pick two or three of those out? Spanish Lace, Point of No Return, 100 Pounds of Clay, and Chip Chip. Although well, that was his best charting song and the ones that we all remember him for. So I thought it very worthy of mention in our little segment, uh, Gene McDaniel, an old favourite of mine. Yeah, nice song and interesting about that song compared to what? I know that. What was the other one? Bad Company. Yeah, Bad Company had a... Feel Like Making Love. I don't know if I know that song. I know uh, Good Love Gone Bad, but 
by the Bad Company, but I don't know that you're, one. You'll know the Roberta Flack version of Feel Like Making Love, so yeah. it, it's quite a popular song. It was her first ever hit, so yeah. So Josh, that's about it for the day. That's our number 59. What, I don't know what we'll do for number 60, as I said earlier. We'll uh, certainly might see if we we'll do someone special, or someone special to me or to you or whatever. Well, I might even do one from the 70s, Josh. How oh, wow. You do. Yeah, I, I think I thought you stopped 1969. No, now that's not being very disrespectful. And, <laughs> but I'll, I'll consider my options, let me say that. Yep, yep, all oh, good. Now, one other thing, too, I think we should mention the fact about this on a Wednesday afternoon, this is just after John Farnham's had his tumour removed. Let's hope that it all goes well. We can't afford to lose any more this year, that's for sure. Yeah, I know. All the best to John Farnham. And yeah, hopefully he's with us for quite a long time yet. So hopefully he's in the best of care. So. All the best. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Josh, well, thanks for that. I hope the listeners are all in good health, and I look forward to catching up again with you next week for number 60. Yeah, take care, Steve. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great week. All the best. Thanks, mate. Catch you. Thanks. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.